0: Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. Today's episode features the DGA Special Projects Committee's recent event, The Craft of the Director, Bong Joon-ho. This series of conversations with master filmmakers features an in-depth discussion about the directing process, from pre-production through post. Director Bong's credits include the feature films The Host, Mother, Snowpiercer, and Okja. His DGA Award-nominated feature, Parasite, Became the first foreign language film to win the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2020. Please enjoy the conversation between director Bong, accompanied by his translator Sharon Choi, and fellow director Ryan Johnson.
1: Hello. Sharon. Hi. Um, hi, hi. Director Bong, it's so good to see you guys again. Uh, so good to see you again. Is it your working place? Your hi. Home? It's yes, it's my office that I kind of like set up as my working place. The problem is I made a huge mistake and I put all of my toys in it. Uh, so I have like my old computer, I have my guitars and so I never get any work done here. I usually write at the dining room upstairs. Uh, yeah. you, you you were saying that you are a big cafe writer that you write in cafes and uh, restaurants. Huh? This is my
2: working place office, but I never yeah. write here. I I always Writing the coffee shop in the corner of a coffee shop or cafe. But yeah. So it means because
3: So he had a difficult time for about three weeks because all coffee shops were shut down in Korea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: they
3: reopened this week, so it's great.
1: Excellent. So you're back to write. Are you writing right now? Yeah,
2: two split
1: yeah, so
3: I'm currently writing two scripts at the same time. It feels like I'm splitting my brain in half left and right to wow. write these two scripts.
1: <laughs>
3: but I finished one last week.
1: Oh my God, please slow down. You're making all of us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> know. She... How about you, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 writing too, but yeah, I'm writing. Slowly, slowly but surely. I also I love all your posters for all your films, including my favorite of your films, Psycho. You did such yeah. a great job with Psycho. Yeah. Well well done with that one.
2: <laughs> it
3: was gifted by Tom Quinn from Neon, but it's yeah. so big.
2: Maybe. maybe nice.
1: Well, I actually have a lot uh to ask you about. I'm going to torture you with lots and lots of questions for the next ninety minutes. This is gonna be wonderful. I'm so excited. Uh and I'm gonna kinda of go chronologically. I'm gonna start at the beginning. So even before we talk about your first movie, um I wanna talk about just kind of your growing up. I know I know your dad your dad was an artist, right? And uh and a professor. So you grew up around in kind of an artistic Environment. When you were a kid, like, how early did you start to gravitate towards movies, and what was kind of the first artistic things? And you know, what was kind of like your early bent as a kid?
2: 어렸을 때 이제 아버지가 그래픽 디자인하고 이제 인더스트리얼 디자인 하셨기 때문에 방에 뭐 미술, 사진, 또 영화, 그다음에 뭐 디즈니 애니메이션 책 이런 것들이 있었죠. 그래서 그런 거뭐 항상 많이 보면서 자랐는데. 초등학교 한 아홉 살열살저 뒤에 사이코 아홉 살 때인가 봤는데 그때 이미 되게 많이 빠져든 것 같아요. 영화들을 좀 병적으로 많이 보기 시작했었던 것 같아요.
3: So when I was little, my father, he worked in graphic and industrial design. So in his study, there would always be books and photographs of art and film and, you know, Disney animation books uh, were all over his uh, his room. So I grew up reading and looking through them. Um, I watched Psycho when I was nine years old, and by that, time, I was already really obsessed with films. I was. That explains
1: crazy. so much, by the way, that you watched Psycho <laughs> when you were nine. That's it's like a key has unlocked in my brain. I understand <laughs> you now. <laughs> Sorry. 그,
2: go ahead. <laughs> nine 이미 죽었다 엄마가 박자라는 걸 모르고 그아그 So
3: when I watched psycho for the first time when I was nine I didn't know that Anthony Perkins was the mom and the mom was already dead and I will <laughs> never get that experience ever again that
1: that shop, <웃음> movie, you know? Wow mother there it is. Boom! <laughs> your your movie. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Sharon. I I I interrupted you during during. Uh, that the was answer. I apologize. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, so then, okay. So you were around, kind of like art. Right, you were absorbing it, um, but and and talk about your first kind of the pathway to making your first feature because I know that you worked in the industry. um for some years and you did some writing you directed some shorts um for me who doesn't know so well maybe how what what the you know south korean film industry is like what was your pathway up to the point where you made your first feature
2: i studied in film school Mm -hmm. korean academy of film art which is some kind of uh, small but quite strong a film school, national film school, kind of. And I made three short films there after I I started a In Korea and Japan, becoming a is not a job. It's a process of becoming a director. It's like a school of directors. a it was and system. 3, so
3: after graduating, I worked as an assistant director and in Korea and Japan, we have the uh, apprentice system where assistant directors are not um you know career assistant directors they're actually people who want to study directing under particular directors so it would be like different schools of directors depending on who you study under and so i worked a couple years in um, under uh, a director
2: 쓰는, 예, and uh,
3: when I was working as an assistant director, I was already married and I had um, a child, so it was important to make a living. So I would write scripts for other directors and I would just write them really quickly without putting my soul into any of
1: it. Very yeah. honest I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and make it getting your first feature though, actually made because so it, it's a pathway, it's a career pathway. There's a mentorship program with assisting directing, but in terms of actually finding the financing for your first movie, getting it up and on the, on the ground, did you have a producer that you worked with? Was it, yeah. how, how did that, how did that work?
2: It was in the middle of 1990s, so around 1995, six, seven. Hmm. I was working in quite well-known production. I, I was an assistant first AD and second AD there. And 그때 이제 조 감독과 제작사의 관계가 있고 이제 제작사들도 젊은 조 감독들 그, 야, 너, 써와봐라, 자연스럽게, so at
3: the time as an assistant director, I had a relationship with the production companies that I was working with, and these companies would always pay attention to the young assistant directors so that they can help them um make their debut and so the production company that i was working with at the time asked me um, you know what i was working on and if i would write a feature script and that's how it all came to be it was a pretty natural and um, conventional process that i went through
2: but the problem Mm -hmm. problem was my story my first script was it was very weird, a strange story. It's a serial perfectly movie. Yes. <웃음> 그래서 이 프로듀서가, 넌왜 이런 걸 하려고 하냐고 의아해하면서 대신 예산은 적어 보였어요. 버젯이 크진 않았습니까? 그래서 다른 큰 작품에 껴서 이렇게 파이낸싱 됐어요. 그 당시 그 프로덕션이 되게 잘 나가는 주목받는 프로젝트가 있었는데 야, 투, 파이낸서들, 리네, 그, 이, 이 영화에 파이낸싱 하고 싶으면 대신 여기도 좀 해야 돼 라는 식으로 어떤 다른 큰 프로젝트에게 기생하서, 패러사이팅 이렇게 파이낸싱이 됐어요.
3: Yeah, so at the time, the producer was a little bit perplexed on why I wanted to make a film like this, but it was a small budget project. So it, it ended up getting financed along with a much bigger production that was getting a lot of attention. So the companies mm-hmm. would tell tell the financier that, you know, if you want to finance this um, star project, you need to also invest in this, this one as well. So you could say this project <laughs> was like a parasite of the big...
2: The big, the big <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Do you? You're, I love well, your in the break. The, the how, how was the project of that, and
1: uh-huh. how you? It? You tried to do this last time. I asked. I led a Q and A with you, and I forget it. You're the one who gets the questions, <laughs> buddy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're working. Uh-huh. Of nope. That's <laughs> yeah. very yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's 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 less of a conventional process here. So that's why that why I was curious, and it's it's much more of a dog eat dog. So, to speak, scramble to, to get money for your first feature. There's a less structure, I think, here typically to get your first film made. It's interesting that, um, and if anyone listening or watching um, hasn't seen Barking Dogs Never Bite, you should. It's really, really amazing. And it is also very sick and disgusting. Uh, it's, uh, and you, uh, Director Bong, when you sent me recently a picture of your adorable dog, your adorable yeah. puppy, I thought, well, they must have never seen his first film or they would never let him have a dog because.
2: <laughs> so we watch
3: films together pretty often, but I never show her that film.
1: <laughs> she must or, never see or. barking dogs never bite. Was it, a, what, did you have, looking back, did you have a good experience making your first film? Was it a happy experience on the set or as your first film, how? You oh, must have been very prepared if you had worked as an assistant director on sets already. But how was that first experience?
2: 그뭐 장편 영화 또 이제 그렇게 이제 그야말로 피처 필름 한다고 이렇게 되게, 되게 걱정 많이 됐었죠 불안했었고 근데 이제 배우나 스태프들은 다 되게 착한 좋은 협조적인 사람들이 해서 뭐 그런 갈등은 없이 잘 찍었고 제작사에서도 오히려 제작사가 너무 바쁜 제작사에서 다른 프로젝트들이 뭐 여러 프로젝트들을 막 하고 있고 그 저의 영화는 가장 구석진 곳의 작은 프로젝트라서 별로 관심이 없었어요 그래서 오히려 그냥 내버려 두는 네. 대신 뭐 예산은 적으니까 뭐 그래서 간섭을 별로 받는 그래서 되게 행운이었어요 그래서 그냥 우리끼리 꽁딱꽁딱 구석에서 되게 조용히 찍었던 네. So
3: because it was my first feature, of course, I was worried and anxious. But thankfully, the actors and crew members, they were all very nice and cooperative. So we didn't really have much conflict on set. And the production company, they were actually, you know, really busy uh, handling multiple projects at the time. And so my project was this small little thing in the corner of the room. So they just kind of let us be um, because Mm. the budget was was um small they didn't really interfere and i was very lucky with that so we were just in our little corner uh, making the film quietly 근데
2: 톰 편집 이제 맞춰서 이제 디렉터스 컷 이제 편집 맞췄을 때 이제 그 프로듀서가 한번 같이 보자고 하더라고 편집본을 보스, 보스가 그때 좀 되게 긴장했었어 그래서 막 마음속으로 준비했어요. 그 상영 장소로 가면서 이 신을 빼자고 하면 이렇게 반박해야지 뭐이 샷을 컷 타자면 이렇게 또 주장해야지 막그 준비해서 갔는데 딱 보더니, 어, 수고했네, 술 먹으러 가자. 그래서 그때 다시 한번 이렇게 아, 역시 관심이 없구나, 이 작품에.
3: <웃음> but when I finished the director's cut edit of the film, I said that we watch it. And so I was so nervous. You know, on my way to the screening room, I would preparing myself on what I would say if the producer suggests that we take out this scene, you know, if if he says that we should uh, remove this cut, I'll say this and I'll I'll argue this way, but then he just watched the film was like, "Okay, good job. Let's just go grab a drink." So that's again <laughs> I realized, wow, they just don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, if you have a dog getting thrown off a building in your movie and they say, "All right, good. Then they're really checked out. Really, they don't raise an eyebrow. Yeah, a little 그래서, schnauzer.
2: 첫 영화인데 이제 다행히 뭐 저의 첫 행운의 시작이 그 그때부터 지금까지 20년간 이제 계속 영화를 디렉터스 컷으로 개봉할 수 있었던 게 행운이었는데 그게 어쨌든 처음 시작이었던 것 같고 물론 이제 개봉해서 되게 성적은 처참했죠. So, yeah,
3: thankfully, um, you know, it was my first time getting lucky being able to release a film uh, in the director's cut. And since it, during the past 20 years, all my films have been released as a director's cut, and that was where it all began. But when mm-hmm. the film actually released, um, the results were horrible. It was a
1: catastrophe box office wise. Mm-hmm. Did it get good reception, though, from? Critics, did you have good research? Because so, you were able, obviously, to go on to make Memories of Murder, which I know is much bigger production. So it must have been perceived as well. This is a good
2: good movie. The review was just split. It was split, but it a people who liked 야, 그 비디오 테이블을 봤더니 좋더라. 그리고 뭐, 홍콩이나 무슨 유럽의 영화제에서 조금씩 상을 뭐, 작은 상들을 받기 시작했는데 그게 다한 개봉한 지한 1년 후. 영화는 이미 다 망한 후였고요. 그때는 저는 이미 뭐, 그 작품에 대해서는 다 있고, 두 번째 영화를, Memories of Mother를 준비하고 있었죠.
3: So the reviews were um, pretty split at the time. There were people who liked the film, but they saw it pretty late. Um, None of the major critics actually watched the film uh, when it was released, but around a year later, they would tell me that they saw uh, it on video and really liked it. And it won um, some small awards in Hong Kong and around festivals in Europe. But that was already a year after the film was released and um, had catastrophic uh, box office at the time. <laughs> For me,
1: I had already forgotten everything about it and was working on Memories of Murder. Last, we'll move to Mur- Memories of Murder quickly, but one last question, just because I'm curious, thinking about like your very first feature that you directed. Um, what, what do you think, Like thinking about the, your process of working on your first one, what is the biggest difference between that and how you work? Today, what if you look back is like the biggest thing that's changed about how you approach the work on set or in the edit or whatever.
2: 그때나 지금이나 내가 이렇게 뭐 긴장하고 헤매고 하는 거는 똑같은 거 같고요. 그 경험이 쌓여도 그렇게 내가 않는 그건 똑같은데, 예. 그 한국 스탭들의 숙련도나 속도 같은 건 되게 빨라진 것 같아요. 인더스트리 전체가 이렇게 상승한 느낌 같은 건 있구나.
3: So then and now, you know, I still get nervous and I still feel lost making films. I don't think you uh, it gets any easier with more experience. But overall, I think um, the crew members in Korea are becoming much more capable and more speedy. The industry itself is growing so much.
2: 그, 아까 얘기한 것처럼 그때는 도제, 그러니까 뭐, 도제를 어떻게 설명해야 될지 모르겠는데. 좀더 가족, 좋게 말하면 또 가족적인, 어, 옛날식 그, 인더스트리나 촬영 현장이었고, 요즘은 한국도 이제, 그, 유니언 산업 노조가 이제 자리를 잡아가지고, 촬영 시간 같은 것도 되게 엄격하게 지키고, 또 스태프들의 그, 웰페어도 많이 훨씬 좋아졌죠. 제가 조금 더갈 때보다. 또, 브란다스 얘기할 때보다. 그리고, 유니언의 어떤 규정들, 그, 길드의 규정들도 많아졌고요. 그래서, 훨씬 체계적으로 굴러가는 것 같아요, 지금은.
3: So when I was an assistant director, it was the apprentice system, and, you know, it was a very family-like atmosphere, to put in a good way, but that was kind of, you know, the old ways. Now we have unions in place, Um, we have very strict uh, restrictions in terms of shooting times, and the welfare has really improved for the crew members, Um, so Mm -hmm. it's a much more systematic process that we have
1: now. Got it. And cre- I mean, for you though, creatively, I guess, not just like the structure or how the industry has changed, but for you, how you approach the work personally, you know, through your process, how you come in.
2: 최근에 시나리오를 쓰고 또 여러 가지 이미지나 아트워크를 해면서 느낀 건데, 20년째 똑같은 같은 우물에 빠져서 허우적거리는 느낌 말이야. 되게 좀 고통스러워. 왜 매번 똑같이 어려울까라는 솔직히 이건 되게 솔직한. 심정으로 그런 생각이 드는 부분은 있고요. 예.
3: Um, so you know, this is something that I kind of realized while writing screenwriting and working on artworks recently. But it feels like I've been in the same well for the past twenty years. And when you realize that, it's quite painful. You know why? Why is it always so difficult in the same way? And, I'm be, and this is my honest feeling.
2: 근데 스텝의 입장은 많이 알게 된 그러니까 같이 일하는 아티스트들의 입장. 그러니까 트란다스에게 할 땐데 그걸 몰랐어요. 나나 나 힘든 거밖에 생각을 못 해갖고, 아뭐 죽겠다 이거 어떻게 하는데 지금은 나랑 일하는 배우 또 나랑 일하는 시네마토그래퍼 또는 그 사람 관점에서 나를 보는 그런 관점의 어떤 관점을 뒤집을 수 있는 그런 생각을 할수 있는 여유는 생긴 것 같아요. 그래서 같이 일하는 아티스트의 입장에서 보는 거.
3: But I think I've grown to understand the artists and crew members that work with me. When I was working on "Barking Dogs Never Bite," you know, it was just um, I was only thinking about how difficult it was for me. But now I understand the perspective of the actors, the cinematographers, and the crew members that um, that work with me as a director. So now I'm able to see things from uh, their perspective and work that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. So, "Memory Is a Murder," which, uh, by the way, getting to watch and rewatch all these movies leading up to this has been such a great experience. It's been so wonderful. "Memory Is a Murder," I actually I hadn't seen for years, and it is just unbelievable, just absolutely, and it's such an incredible movie. Um, and it's it it you watch it, and I know for a lot of us, especially in the states, it was the first our first you know, exposure to your work because it broke rather big here. I remember when it came out, hearing a lot about Memories of Murder. Um, When it came out in 2003, I remember it it, it just really making a splash. Um, And it's a beautiful movie. It's funny that you talk about the Korean film industry kind of like expanding and growing and becoming more systematic just because the movie in many ways is about you know, it's the opposite of a uh, CSI thing where they have the process in their lab. So much of the film and the humor of it is they don't know how to do their shit and they can't stop a tractor from running over the footprints even. You know, <laughs> like they're... Uh, so anyway, sorry, I'm getting to a question, I promise. I just wanted to gush about the movie a little bit because it is so good. Um, I want to talk actually first about uh, tone. Uh, Which is something if you if you read people writing about your movies, it's something that comes up a lot: is how they swing between very serious and very a lot of pathos and scary things to humor and absurdity. Um, I disagree. I think that what you do it's similar to what you know. It's like the Coen Brothers or so many of my different of my my favorite filmmakers it's all one thing it's not swinging anywhere it's recognizing like in the first scene of memories of murder they just this, this gruesome discovery of a body and coinciding with the little boy on top parroting everything that the guy that the cop says in this ridiculous way it's recognizing that absurdity always in life goes hand in hand with the darkest moments and that makes it so much more human and real to me um so Talking about tone, how, I mean, in terms of your approach to, and I know it's, it's a lot of it is just kind of like your natural voice, but in terms of your approach to tone with a movie and with all levels of it, working with the actors, working with this, you know, if you co write with the screenwriter, how do you approach that very weird idea of tone regarding a film? Sorry, that was three hours of talking, and then a very vague question. I'm sorry, but yeah.
2: 자주 자주 받았던 뭐 언제나 자주 받았던 질문이라 나도 돌이켜 생각해 볼 때가 많이 있었어요. 항상 돌이켜 생각해 보게 되는 것 같아요 찍을 때는 그렇게 의식 그런 거를 의식하면서 찍은 적이 없었었다는 것. 토널 시프트를 하고 있다. 이 장르와 장르를 내가 블렌딩 하고 있다 라는 목표의식을 갖고 시나리오를 쓰거나 촬영해 본 배우들과 그런 상의를 해본 적도 없고요. 근데 그럼에도 불구하고 저나 배우들은 자연스럽게 그렇게 만들어 나가거든요. 결과적으로는 그게 마치 뭔가를 토널 뭐 블렌딩을 한 것처럼 보이는 건데 왜일까를 생각해 봤어요.
3: So that's a question you know that I receive often and I always end up looking back on my process to figure out why because when I'm actually making the film I'm never really aware or conscious of these tonal shifts it's not as if you know I I you know approach the project thinking that i want to blend all these genres or shift the tones this way Uh, i don't really think about it when i'm writing the script or when i'm shooting i don't really talk about it with my actors either and naturally it just uh we just do our work and it ends up um you know having all these things blending together and you know i i even i think about why that happens
2: so you got 라이언 자기가 지금 했던 질문 중에 이제 그 질문할 때 Absurdity라는 얘기 했었잖아요. 그게 이제 한국말로 하면은 뭐그 조리 어쨌든 그 Absurdity라는 그 단어에 이미 모든 설명이 들어가는 것 같아요. 한국 그래서 저도 한국 사회에서 태어나서 이제 되게 군사 시절도 겪으면서 자라고 또 여러 가지 변화와 격동이 많은 사회의 그 시간들이었는데 내 몸으로 직접 느낀 그 앱서디티 그거 자체를 자연스럽게 표현했더니 영화를 보는 사람 입장에서는 뭐 일초 만에 여러 가지 뭐 톤들이 다 뒤엉켜 있는 그런 복합적인 느낌을 주게 된것 같아요. 사실 저 입장에선 되게 그냥 자연스러운 우리들 삶의 표현 같은 건데.
3: Um, you know, I think the answer is kind of already in your question, um, you mentioned absurdity and I think that word just explains everything. You know, I was born and raised in Korea, I went through a military dictatorship, I went uh, I lived in a society that went through so many changes and um, turbulations, and so it almost it's like i felt the absurdity with my own body just growing up in this country and i'm naturally expressing what i experienced and i think that's why when the audience watches the movie in a second they're exposed to all these different tones and um, i think just naturally that's just what our lives are like
2: 그, 50년에 걸쳐 벌어질 사건들이 한국에서는 한 5주 만에 다 터지는 그러니까 그 얼마나 변화가 많겠어요. 기쁨과 슬픔과 공포와 막 이런 것들이 그러니까 하루에도 몇 번씩 그런 것들이 뒤집히니까 그런 속도와 변화에 익숙해 있어요. 한국의 크리에이터들도. 그래서 자연스러운 그런 면이 있는 것
3: 같아요. So, you know, just as an example, uh, you know, things that would happen in a span of 50 years in somewhere like northern Canada, a very peaceful country, all those events kind of happen in five weeks in Korea. So we go through so many changes, so many different emotions, happiness, sadness, fear, so many emotions uh, throughout the day. So we're very used
1: to that kind of speed and, um, you know, dynamic. It's almost it's almost like... Uh like somebody's natural accent, their regional accent from, you know, growing up. And just it's it's something that's baked into your voice, I think. You know, it's a very, I think you're right. There's no pointing to individual decisions. You'll go crazy if you try and analyze what decisions lead to a tone. It very much is just like your speaking voice. And maybe hearing that description of life growing up in Korea, I think maybe after the past four years, We'll have a lot of young filmmakers making movies like yours, which will <laughs> at least lead to good movies, I guess. <laughs> many great filmmakers here. Yeah, exactly. Thank God. <laughs> uh it's, it's also, I mean, this is also obviously the movie where you first worked with uh Song Kang Ho. Uh your De Niro. <laughs> uh how did you get how did you guys meet? Were you were you guys aware of each other before? You met for the casting of the film, and and did you immediately know this is a collaborator that I want to work with for years? Uh, actually,
2: we first met in 1997 when I was an assistant director. Mm. Mm. 유명해지기 직전이었어요 송강원님. 그때 유명한 스타 배우가 되기 직전이었고 나는 그때 내가 어떤 무슨 감독님한테 추천할 배우들 그 오디션을 이제 올가나이자고 있었는데 그때 손강호 씨가 이제 이창동 감독님 영화 데뷔 필름에서 어떤 그 시골 갱스터 역할로 나왔는데 너무 좀좀 작은 역할이었지만 되게 쇼킹할 정도의 리얼한 연기를 해서 인더스트리 내에서는 화제가 됐었어요. 대중들은 잘 몰랐지만 우리 업계 내부에서는 저 배우가 누구냐 그래서. 제가 연락을 했어요. 그 오디션을 핑계를 한번 만나서 사실은, 근데 뭐 오디션 하지도 않았고, 그냥 오시라고 해가지고 커피 타드리고, 뭐, 대화 나왔어요. 야, 도대체 이사 배우는 누구냐. 그때부터 이미 경이로운, 어, 야, 이
3: so I met him just before he became famous, you know, at the time I was a first AD and I was organizing auditions of actors to recommend to the director. And um, Song Kang-ho had played a, a countryside gangster in Yi Chang-dong's debut film. Um, and it was a small role, but it was so shocking um, how realistic his performance was. So he was quite, he became quite a small sensation within the industry. The public uh, wasn't really aware of him at the time. So I was was just really curious to see who, what kind of person he was, so I contacted him um, with the audition as an excuse. We didn't even really do the audition, I just made him a cup of coffee and we shared a conversation. Um, but even at that point, I was kind of just mesmerized by him.
2: And we met again around 2001 when I was writing the memories of murder and to, so could they, 는 송강호 씨는 이미 엄청난 한국의 빅스타가 돼 있었고 나는 첫 번째 영화가 완전히 망한 그런 이제 그 되게 어려운 상황에 있는 감독이었는데 그래서 그 살인의 추억의 파이낸싱은 전적으로 송강호 씨한테 의지하고 있는 상황이었어요. 이분이 캐스팅돼야 영화가 찍을 수 있는 근데 이제 이그 80년대 시골 형사 약간 폭력적이기도 하면서 또 인간적인 또 정이 있기도 하면서 되게 복합적인 이상한 캐릭터인데 그걸 할수 있는 거는 송강호 씨밖에 없다고 생각했기 때문에 이미 그 배우를 염두에 두고 시나리오를 썼거든요. 그리고 뭐 파이낸싱이나 모든 영화가 그린라이트가 되려면은 그 이미 스타가 된 빅스타가 된 송강호 씨한테 의지하는 그런 상황이었죠
3: and um, by then Song had already become a huge star actor in Korea and I was a director in a very difficult situation where my first film completely flopped and so <laughs> uh, in terms of financing memories of murder we really had to rely completely on Song Gang ho you know we could only make the film um, if he's cast and you know I thought that um, he was the perfect actor to play this countryside detective in the 80s, someone who's quite violent, but also very humane um, and very friendly. So it's quite a complex character that I thought only he could play. So I wrote the script with him in mind um, and the whole process leading up to getting the film greenlit.
1: We really relied on um, song celebrity status. Did you write? Talking to him about it, or did you present him with a script after you were finished with it? Were you how close were you collaborating with him? If you had him in mind the whole time? 뭐 자주 만나거나 그런 사이는 아니었었어요. 밥을
2: 먹거나 뭐 그런 건 아니었고 이제 시나리오, 퍼스트 드래프트 완성됐을 때 이제 갖다 줬죠. 근데 시나리오를 되게 처음부터 마음에 들어 했었고, 좋아했는데 문제는 이제 스케줄이 되게 복잡했었어요. 이미 하기로 한 이제 그거를 좀 조율하는 과정에서 이제 우리가 많이 기다리게 됐죠. 저와 프로덕션 측은 이제 제일 중요한 배우니까. 그래서 이제 한 오히려 그러면서 한 준비할 시간이 더 많아졌어요. 저는 5, 6개월 정도 스케줄이 이제 딴 영화를 하고서 송강호 씨가 우리 쪽으로 오는 거기 때문에. 오히려 나중에, 그때는 좀 기다리느라고 막막했지만 돌이켜보면 그게 더 도움이 됐죠. 더 탄탄하게 준비를 많이 할수 있는. 네.
3: So at the time we weren't meeting often and you know grabbing meals together or anything like that. Um, I presented the first draft of the script when it was completed, and he pretty much liked my script right away. The only issue was his schedule; he had already committed um, uh, to a bunch of projects, so we ended up waiting quite a long time uh, for him to uh, you know participate in ours. And but at the time, you know, waiting was a little difficult. But when I look back. Um, it was actually helpful because I had an extra you know six months to prepare um, mm. and the movie ended up becoming tighter uh, throughout that process.
1: Mm. well I know that and anyone who's uh, watching you you should you should go and pick up immediately the storyboard book of parasite. It's extraordinary seeing, um, Seeing the script alongside the storyboards and seeing how meticulously you plan and how visually how planned out you are, which leads me to ask about uh, how you work with your editor um, on a project because it's. And I've heard interviews with actors where they talk about how precise you are on set with knowing what coverage you're going to get, and you can see that in the preparation with the storyboards. When you get in the edit room. talk about that collaboration and how that works and how you know does it usually fit together the way you had it in your head or how much playing do you do in the cutting room well uh,
2: 그 어떻게 보면 이제 되게
1: 모순된 어떻게 보면
2: 이제 수도 있고 그런 관점과 직접 그렸는데, 그렇고 뭐, 추억도 그렇고, 스토리보드를 그리고 막 그럴 때는 와, 편집을 할 필요 없게끔 완벽하게 작업하고야 할 거야. 알프레디 치콕처럼 할 거야. 막막 이렇게 건드릴 필요가 없게 할 거야.라는 식의 그런 욕망으로 막 똘똘똘 뭉쳐서 가다가 이제 다 끝내놓고 편집실에 가서 앉으면 찍을 때 또는 스토리보드 할때 생각 못했던 것들을 찾아내야 돼. 그래야 될까 더 여기서 뭔가 또 인벤트를 해야 돼이 이 샷과 이 샷을 이렇게 해서 뭐더 훨씬 더 좋은 게 나올 수도 있어 또 이제 오히려 내가 만들었던 스토리보드를 파괴해 보려고 애를 쓰고 그러는데 그게 쉽진 않더라고 찍어 놓은 게 별로 없어 갖고 스토리보드 찍으니까 이게 뭔가 커버리지가 없으니까 약간 좀 제약은 있죠 응.
3: So it's kind of a paradox where, you know, I draw all my storyboards myself with Memories of Murder, Parasite. And when I'm working on my storyboards, I have this desire to make everything perfect, to edit everything. Um, uh, You know, I'm gonna be like Hitchcock, no one can touch this edit. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I'm actually in the editing room after uh, finishing shooting, I try to destroy my um, storyboards and find what I was, what I missed in that process and while shooting and invent more things by shuffling around the shots or changing this and that. But you know, I find that it's not so easy because I don't shoot coverage and there's not enough footage to, you know, really shuffle things around. So there are some uh, restrictions when I'm doing that.
2: editing you there. On set 파이널 컷 프로나 이제 그 프리미어 같은 거를 랩탑을 현장에 연장에 놓고서 찍을 동안 막 편집을 하거든요. 그런 문화가 있어가지고 더좀 이렇게 집착하게 되는 것 같아요. 막 이렇게 좀 전반적으로 저뿐 아니라 많은 감독들이 한국 인더스트리는 전반적으로 콘티를 많이 보는 편이에요. 스태프들도 그렇고 콘티 다 달라고 하고 뭐왜 콘티가 없, 스토리보드가 없지? 그러니까 스토리보드에 좀 많이 의존하려고 드는 편이에요. 한국 인더스트리.
3: Um, and, you know, I think I mentioned this in a previous conversation, but in Korea, we have on-set editing. It's quite a distinct feature we have in the Korean film industry where you have an on-set editor uh, with Final Cut Pro or Premiere on their um, laptops and, you know, they'll be editing as we're shooting. And so I think that's why Korean directors become more obsessive. And just overall, you know, all, everyone in the industry tends to really... Uh, rely more on these storyboards they request the storyboards um, and uh generally
1: just rely on them a lot Mm. i think it's i i mean i think that style of how how you plan and it's funny because i i I do the same thing with storyboards and i for me it started with like reading scorsese on scorsese that book of interviews with martin and seeing his storyboards that he did and so I just thought, oh, that's how you do it. I think leading to thinking about editing in your head as you prepare your shots just leads to a very certain style of shoot. Uh, very, um, I don't know, leads to a style of shooting that just feels uh, custom tailored for the story, and it feels so good. And I, I think it's a good thing. I think um, is one thing that I've noticed is looking at. I was looking back through your kind of the people that you've worked with, like you're like with editors, for example. Um, you've worked with certain people several times, but you do tend to change it up from movie to movie. Is that um is that something for you where it's largely just schedule, somebody's available or not available, or is that a conscious decision for you in order to like keep the keep it fresh with different collaborations? Whoa. 다들
2: 그렇겠지만 이제 제가 20년간 7편의 피처를 찍었는데요. 어, 뭐그 예를 들어 뭐그 7편을 다한 같이 한 사람은 하나 한 명밖에 없더라고. 우리 그 사운드의 보스인 저기 라이프 초이라고 그 우리 사운드 믹서인데. 그분과 쪽 일곱 편을 다 같이 했었고요. 나머지는 다 그러니까 예를 들어 뭐 스펠버그는 그 저기 뭐야 저기 뭐 예를 들면 존 윌리엄스나 뭐 이런 식으로 쭉. 근데 저는 그런 케이스는 없는 것 같아요. 그 컴포저도 제가 한세명 일곱 편을 한세분 정도랑 해서 네 명. 또 DP도 셋. 네 일곱 편을 세 명의 사람. 같아요. 근데 이제 마더, 스노우피어스. 같은, Hong이라고, so, 그때, 그때 yeah,
3: so, I've created seven feature films in the past 20 years, um, and I realized it was only one person that worked on all films, and that's the sound mixer. His name is Ralph mm-hmm. Choi. Um, but, you know, uh, for example, Spielberg always w- works with John Williams, and you have all these partnerships that last. But for me, I think I've, you know, gone through four composers and three cinematographers throughout my features. Um, and with *Mother*, *Snowpiercer*, and *Parasite*, it was um, the same cinematographer, Alex Hong. Um, and I think, you know, there were there are many stories and reasons why that happened, um, depending on the situation that I faced at the time.
2: 근데 DP가 역시 시네마토그래퍼가 촬영 감독 제일 중요하다는 생각 들 때가 있어요 현장에서 한국이나 일본에서 자주 쓰는 말이 이제 현장 촬영장에서 감독과 그 촬영 감독은 부부 사이가 타야 된다라는 그런 격언을 많이 했었는데 이쪽 인더스트리에서 정말 맞는 말인 것 같아서 촬영 감독과의 호흡이 제일 중요하지 않나 현장에서 구체적으로. 지금 우리 기생충 했던 홍경표 감독과는 정말 궁합이 잘 맞아요. 일적으로도 그렇고, 뭐, 사적으로도 그렇고, 서로 모든 취향이나, 뭐, 대화를 하거나, 뭐, 모든 뭐, 어떤 얘기를 하거나, 그래서 참 서로 좋, 좋은 것 같아요.
3: Um, But, you know, I think the cinematographer is the most important partner to have on set. In Korea and Japan, we have, you know, uh, people within the industry often say that on set, the director and cinematographer are like a married couple, and I really Mm -hmm. agree with that saying. you know how we collaborate on set uh, really affects the whole project and with Par the cinematographer i worked with on parasite we have you know a great partnership and we get along really well professionally personally um we share the same taste and our conversations always are always so easy so i really enjoy working with him
1: mm-hmm. yeah my my cinematographer we've been best friends since we were 17 we met in the uh-huh. dorms at USA. Uh-huh. An old married couple, indeed. <laughs>
3: of course, we sleep in separate beds, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: probably healthy. Uh, so uh, so the, the next movie that you did was The Host, which um, I'm assuming that coming out of the success of Memories of Murder, because Memories of Murder, besides being very well received, it did. It sounds like it did very well, right? It was a success for you in Korea. Um, 뭐
2: 그해 박스오피스 1등 했었고요. 그 같은 달에 이제 Rel- 같이 개봉, Matrix 2편과 같이 개봉했었는데 더잘 됐었어요. 그래서 그해 박스오피스 1위도 했고 또 상도 많이 받았- 스페인의 또 산세바스찬 영화제 같은 데서 상도 받고 그래서 되게 좋았는데 그럼에도 불구하고 괴물 때는 또 파이낸싱이 안 됐어요 처음에 되게 고생했어요 여기 또그한번또 영화 잘 됐다고 했을 때 마냥 또 쉬운 게 아니더라고요.
3: Yeah, so it was um, number one in box office that year, and it was actually released on the same day as Matrix Reloaded, but um, Memories of Murder did better It won a lot of awards (laughs) from San Sebastian Festival, Um, but you know even even though it did so well box office wise it was really difficult to get the host financed so you know yeah. i realized that even if my previous film does well uh, it doesn't get that much easier
2: 괴물이 몬스터를 정말 보여준다 컴퓨터 그래픽으로 비주얼 이펙트로 크리처가 나와 그거를 정말 할수 있어 뭐 한국에서 그게 돼 라고 파이낸서들이 다 되게 두려워했었어요라고 약간 이상한 상황이 됐어요. 그래서 그 살인의 척이 되게 성공했고 괴물도 그 송강호라는 빅스타가 캐스팅이 돼 있었는데 이미 그런데도 파이낸싱이 안돼 갖고 되게 좀 여러 가지 우여곡절이 많았었어요. 일본에서 그래서 제작비 절반이 먼저 오고 일본에서 그 절반 해피네이션 일본 회사에서 파이낸싱되고 그 다음에 이제 그런 안정판이 생기고 나서 나머지 절반이 또 한국에서 파이낸싱돼서 좀 들어 준비 그 들어가게 됐죠 호스트는.
3: So, um, you know, people were very skeptical of the host. They were like, you're actually going to show the monster, a visual effects creature. Are you sure you can do it? Is this even possible in Korea? So a lot of financiers were um, afraid of this project. And it was a strange situation where Memories of Murder was a huge success. And Song Gang ho this big star, was already cast in the host. Uh, but it was so difficult to get it financed. So uh, what ended up happening is we received half of the investment from japan and once that safety net was formed um financers um you know invested the rest the remaining half in korea and that's how we ended up um getting the film made
1: mm. so it was in 2006 i'm trying to place in my mind where in the development of uh cg creatures the host landed it was re- that's still relatively early especially to do something, I'm assuming without you know, on a relative budget, not having a hundred million dollars to to do it. Um, talk and talk about working with uh, effects on that scale for the first time, and was that something you've kind of done it? Um, I mean, you've done like Mother, and you've done you know. Parasite had a surprising amount of effects in it, but a lot of your movies have been very effects-heavy from there on out. Is it an element of the process that you enjoy? Talk about kind of learning how to work with it with the host.
2: 나 감독 자신도 비주얼 이펙트 좀 알아야겠다고 생각이 들어서 미국 잡지 보면서 막 공부했어요. 지금도 저기 책장에 꽂혀 있는데 CineFX라는 그 먼슬리 매거진 사서 막 공부하고 그랬었어요.
3: So to put it in a good way, you know, it all felt like a challenge. But to be honest, I was incredibly frightened. And I thought that as a director, I should be familiar, somewhat familiar with visual effects. So I got a ton of um, American magazines that are still on my shelf. Um FX, um, the monthly magazine, and I started
2: studying it.
3: Um, and i kept watching the making of film for lord of the rings because it features so many um, creatures.
2: 실제 음. 뉴질랜드의 갔었어요. 그래서 그쪽 그 리차드 테일러라고 테일러하고 그그 와타워크샵, 웨타 했었던 분들 그조그 슈퍼바이저도 만나고. 결국 우리가 예산이 워낙 작은 영화여 갖고 그 와타디지털이나 웨타 하고는 일을 하진 못했죠. 근데 그들한테 많은 조언도 받고 그랬어요. 특히 그 리차드 테일러는 되게 친절하게 유네가 네, 적은 예산을 이렇게 크리처 열심히 만들려고 하니까 많이 도와주게 하면서 우리 크리처 디자이너한테 이렇게 크리처 디자인과 관련된 팁이나 그 다음에 어떻게 처음 모델링을 하고 뭐 이런 또뭐 메킷 만들고 이런 것들에 대해서 많이 도움을 주고 어드바이저를 해줬어요. 음.
3: So I actually met with people from uh, Weta Workshop in New Zealand, uh, Richard Taylor, um, and the supervisor Joe Lattery, uh, but because, you know, our budget was so small, we weren't actually able to work with Weta Digital or uh, the workshop, but they provided a lot of advice for us, especially Richard Taylor. He was very eager to help us, you know, trying to make this work with a small budget. Um, He, um, you know, provided a lot of consultations for the creature designer. Um, how to model it. Um, and so they provided a lot of advice.
2: It was crazy. Actually, we only have 11, 12, no, 11 million US dollars for the whole. Wow. Project. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And we, we, we can use only 5.5
1: million for visual effect. It's very small movie. Unbelievable. Wow, do you remember how many effect shots in? in the I movie? I remember very precisely because <웃음> the, like, the, yes, the, I remember
3: the, exactly the, because <웃음> I hate. <them>. <웃음> <웃음> 그,
2: 내가 이 영화에서 그까 그 비주얼 이펙트 회사들 만나 보니까 이제 크리처 샷 하나당 가격이 얼마인지 대략 이제 그 평균 가격이 내가 내가 가진 버짓으로 내가 이 영화에서 괴물을 크리처를 몇번 보여줄 수 있는지 그 계산이 딱 나오잖아요. 그래서 그 넘버를 갖고 시작했어요. 스토리보드 할때 그래서 아 그래 적은 예산하니까 어쩔 수 없지. 그 운명을 그냥 받아들이고 오히려 이것 때문에 내가 더 크리에이티브해질 거야. 뭐 스피버그드 조스 찍을 때그 상어가 고무상어가 하도 말을 안 들어서 그렇게 고생을 했대. 그래서 오히려 더 크리, 크리에이티브해졌대. 뭐 이런 거를 이제 되새기면서 일을 악물고 했죠. 음.
3: So, meaning uh with all those VFX companies, you know, you get the average uh, price for uh, each shot, you get the price tag. Um, so I was able to come up with the precise number of how many creature shots I can have with my budget. And so I actually started with that number, the whole storyboarding process, I, <laughs> I just decided click, to click. <Yeah>. Um, I decided to accept my fate, and, you know, um just I was telling myself that i'm I'm able to be more creative because I have this restriction. I kept <laughs> reminding myself that when Spielberg shot Jaws, he suffered a lot from that rubber shark, and um, how he talked about um that made him more creative. So, you know, I just did it
2: yeah, actually, I, the, the that hashi situation makes made me creative, I think. Mm-hmm. so. During storyboarding, 그 괴물이 존재하지만 예를 들어 오프스크린에 이제 뭐 프레임 바깥에 음. 있지만 그 존재감을 느끼게 해준다거나, 뭐 카메라 무브먼트로 뭔가를 메꾼다거나, 뭐 아니면 사운드를 쓴다거나 이렇게 뭐 괴물이 화면 프레임 안에 없지만 있는 것처럼 이제 그 텐션을 끌고 가는 게 많다 보니까 저절로 크리에이티브해지더라고요.
3: <웃음> So, I had to come up with all these ways on um, how to make the audience feel the presence of the monster, even when the monster is off screen. And, Mm. you know, we would do this using camera movements, through sound. um, And we had to make sure that the tension uh, was there, even when the monster was not in frame. And so, you know, we had to be very
1: creative with how to do that. Mm. I feel like there's always the point where the budget hits the planning, and you have to adjust. And I don't think I've ever hit that point and not used the example of Jaws in my head. It's like <laughs> it's like a, a, a card you pull out of your backpack. Well, they, they had to, you couldn't show the shark in Jaws, so it's, it'll make it better. And it does. It it, uh, it obviously does. Does, does the, the size, the scope, just the scope of the production um, and in general, with this with Snowpiercer, does does do you in do, do you enjoy the scope of having just a bigger production? Is it something that that you like that is, is fun for you, or is it something that is kind of more of an obstacle to yeah? or does it does it matter? I don't know. As opposed to a smaller, more intimate movie like Mother or Memories of a Murder. <laughs>
3: the smaller the project is i like it
2: more. 음, 음. 사실은 다 작아요. 그 상대적으로 여러분들 뭐다 너도 저기 라이언도 어드 스타워즈를 했지만 그 그런 관 스타워즈 프로듀서들의 관점에서 보면 제 제영하는 다 작죠 뭐. 그나마 제일 입버 제시 억짜였는데 네, 넷플릭스랑 했던 그것도 뭐 어라운드 60 million 스노우필서는 42 million. 저한테는 이제 옥자가 제일 큰 거였으니까, 그, 미국 그 메인스트림 감독님들 입장에서는 뭐 저는 계속 작은 영화를 한 거라고 봐도 되겠죠. 음.
3: Um, But, you know, to be honest, relatively, they were all small projects. You you did, uh, you know, Star Wars, um, you know, to producers of mainstream uh, American films. My projects were all really small. My biggest Mm -hmm. project was Okja uh, with Netflix, and that was around 60 million.
1: And Snowpiercer was 40 million. Mm. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, it feels like with, I don't know, with the way that you prepare it seems like it, like it it makes a lot of sense to me that um, like for example only somebody who prepares the way that you do with storyboards could have planned out the exact number of creature shots. Anybody else who just is can't doesn't have a brain for that would have been totally sunk because they would have gotten into the edit and had to figure it all out. So it it seems like it 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 lined up well in terms of you being able to deal with deal with the effects in that way, I guess. Um, but was Mother then? Because the next movie you made was Mother, which is such a beautiful movie. Um, was that for you something where coming out of the, the that big production of the host, you wanted to pull in very small and intimate?
2: 사실은 뭐 그런 사이즈 큰거 작은 거뭐 이런 식으로 그 프로젝트들을 뭐 순서를 짰던 건 전혀 아니었고 그냥 배우 때문에 하게 된 거예요 주연 배우 때문에. Mm.
3: Uh, with mother you know I w- it wasn't as if i planned to do a small project after doing a big one um 음. with that project i only did it because of the main
2: actress
3: She's a very iconic actress in Korea. She's kind of called the nation's mother. She's a very symbolic figure. When someone thinks of, you know, the mother, you know, everyone thinks of her. Um, and she was in um, so many TV soaps uh, as that kind of role.
2: The TV에서는 뭐 너무나 자상하게 뭐 미국식으로 치면 뭐 앞치마를 두르고 막 이렇게 파이를 뭐 쿠키를 그런 스타일의 그 따뜻한 나는 이상하게 아, 저 사람이 광기가 저 배우가 광기가 있다 그리고 다크한 어떤 그동안 폭발시키지 못한 어떤 다크한 그런 게 있다라고 그냥 내 스스로 체면을 건 거지 뭐 그분 실제로는 되게 종교에도 충실하시고 밝은 분이세요 근데 어쨌든 내가 내 멋대로 막그 배우를 그런 관점에서 보고 난 그거를 이렇게 하고 싶다 막 그런. 그, 그
3: um, so in all those TV soaps, um, you know, she played the really kind, conventional mother, um, U.S. standards, you know, she's the mother with the apron, who makes mm-hmm. the chicken pot pie and bakes cookies, um, but, you know, I I felt like there was something um, that she was hiding this side this like hysteria or craze that she just wasn't able to explode this darkness that was within her um, I sort of you know uh, hypnotized myself into seeing that aspect of her in actuality she's you know very religious devout, and really kind um, but it was just an image I had of her um, and a perspective that I really wanted to show
2: 내 손에 손이 막 그냥 와이서 피도 한번 붙여 보고 싶다. 그러니까 막 정말 익스트림한 걸 해보고 싶다고 본인도 그런 의욕이 강하셔가지고 서로 그게 잘 맞았더라고 생각이 됐어. 만약에 그분께서 그 스크립트를 거절했다면 영화를 안 했을 거야. 그러니까 이거 뭐 그러니까 뭐 캐스팅 뭐 얼터너티브 A, B, C 안 가지고 뭐 이분이 안 한다고 하면 다음 이분 뭐 배우 그런 게 했을까? 그그 배우의 존재 때문에 하게 된 거라서 그분이 만약에 이 다크한 스토리를 싫어했다면 영화를 그냥 할수 없었겠죠. 만들 수 없었겠죠.
3: Um, But thankfully she had wanted to do a project like that too, where, you know, she would actually have blood on her hands in a film. She wanted to do something extreme. Um, So thankfully we were on the same page with that. If she had rejected the script, the film would never have gotten made because it wasn't as if I had alternative actors um, in Mm -hmm. mind for that role. I only wrote it uh, thinking about the presence of that specific actress. Um, uh, So, you know, if she had said no to this dark script, the film would never have gotten made.
2: 그리고 프로덕션 상황도 가장 좋았었어요. 모든 상황들이, 그러니까 mm. 괴물이 그 한국에서 올타임 박스오피스 넘버원 기록을 하는 바람에, 파이낸싱도 되게 수월했고, 또 마더가 그렇게 예산은 크지도 않은데다가 프로듀서님도 이거 완전 스위스 시계 같은 영화를 만들자, 수, 수공업 시계처럼 정교하고 아름답고, 그래서 제작비도 상당히 풍족하게 썼고요. (laughs) and
3: everything in terms of the actual production um really worked out well um the host ended up becoming the number one in box office all time um in korea and so it was Really uh, easy getting the film financed, and the budget itself wasn't that big. And the producer and I talked about making this film like a Swiss Swiss watch, very meticulous mm-hmm. and beautiful. And so the the budget was actually pretty abundant for uh, what I needed, and I had a lot of shooting days as well.
1: Well, well, how I mean, her performance is so extraordinary in it, and it's so soulful. And there are extreme elements to the film, but it's just it's so. It's so deeply human you can see why you can see why she she wanted to do it. I wanted to ask about and this is kind of a similar question to working with your editor and it's working with your actors on set though um, because your movies they have that that thing that somehow magically like Scorsese is the main person in my head who has it where they both feel so beautifully designed in terms of the shots, but the acting never feels constrained by the construction of it. And it always feels natural and alive and vibrant. How do you work with your actors on set? And how do you balance your preparation visually with giving an atmosphere on set where your actors can can feel can feel free, I guess? Or do they? I
2: don't know. <laughs> how do 어떻게 하는 것이 배우의 어떤 정말 생동감이 있는 실제 삶의 한 조각을 보는 것 같은 또는 가공되지 않은 로 RAW의 그런 느낌의 연기를 도와서 도와주려면 감독이 어떻게 되는지에 대해서 송강호 배우한테 많이 배운 것 같아요. 그와의 경험이 많이 도움이 됐고요. 그 그가 한 연기하는 걸 보면서 또 내가 디렉팅한 게그 그분들이 어떻게 그걸 소화해내는지를 보면서 그분의 임프로바이저를 보면서 또 나도 현장에서 임프로바이즈 많이 했었거든요. 내 추억 때. 저도 현장에서 대사를 새로 만들어서 주기도 하고 서로가 이렇게 핑퐁을 주고받으면서 그때 많은 걸 배웠었는데.
3: Um, So, you know, as a director, you ask how what you can do to make sure that the actor's performance feels alive and feels like you're watching a slice of life and how the performance still uh, remains raw despite your preparations. And I think I learned a lot from just working with Song Kang-ho by watching him act, by watching how he adjusts his performance according to my direction, to how he improvised, Um, because with Memories of Murder, I also improvise improvise lot, a lot on set. I would create lines on the spot and give it to him. So it was like we were playing ping pong. And throughout that process, um, I learned a lot about how to work with actors.
2: So the actors, all of them, are good. Mother's Kim Hye-jang is also good. Song Kang-ho is also good. The actors are all good. 유, 유니버스를, 이룰까? 우주를 이루는 아티스트고 또다 야생마 같은 기질이 있다고 생각들어요. 그래서 야생마를 컨트롤하는 가장 좋은 방법은 풀어주는 것이다. 대신 보이지 않는 울타리를 이렇게 넓게 봤을 때 어느 한 방향, 내가 원하는 방향으로 달려가게끔 이렇게 넓고 느슨한 울타리를 쳐주면 된다라는 생각이 들더라고요.
3: I think all actors are um, this way. kang songango, you know, they all form their own unique universe within them, um, and. They're them, and it's them. They are a universe in themselves, and they kind—they're kind of like wild horses. And the best way to control a wild horse is to just let it uh, run free. But you form an invisible fence around them that's large enough so that they don't notice, but it exists um, so that you can kind of make them run towards the direction that you want.
2: 약간 쪽팔린데 그 후배 감독 영화에 한두번 정도 출연을 했어요. 카메오로를 해달라고. 근데 내가 디렉팅을 받는 입장이 뭐 연기도 또 근데 배우를 하게 된 건데. 그때 경험도 또좀 이렇게 도움이 됐어요. 그러니까 감독이 나한테 와서 얘기를 하더라고요. 뭐 이렇게 해달라 달라 저렇게 해라 이런 너무 이상한 뭐, 무슨 뭔 소리라는 같이 <웃음> 근데 그 섬칫했어요. 아, 나도 현장에서 배우들한테 이런저런 얘기 했었는데. 그래서 내가 그동안 배우들한테 막 이러쿵저러쿵 디렉팅이라고 치고 했던 얘기 중에 한반 이상은 쓸뭐 쓸데없는 얘기였구나. 라는 걸 깨달았어요. 그래서 최대한 말을 적게 하자. 꼭 필요한 것만 하고. 그래서 아까 얘기한 그 야생마의 울타리 그런 얘기들이 그, 그런 경험에 의해서도 좀 생겨나게 된 거죠. Um
3: and this is a little bit embarrassing, but I actually um you know had two roles uh played a role uh a small role in another director's film. It was like a which candidate. film which film
2: Don't ask kids. yes,
3: no, Sharon,
1: you must you have to give it up come on <laughs> what was it what was it i we, we have Google, we all have Google. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 어쨌든, <laughs> <laughs> 모르시면,
1: don't, don't ever see <laughs> it. Um, <but laughs> okay, <that> is- <laughs> we, I won't. <laughs>
3: but that, that experience was really helpful because,
1: uh-huh yeah
3: um because the director would come to me and give me all these directions but half the time I was just like what the hell is he saying and felt so <laughs> real guilty realizing that I had said similar things to um actors that I worked with thinking that I was directing them but I realized yeah. that of what I said was just completely useless and so mm. I decided then to speak as less as possible to say only what's necessary and that's what I mean about the wild horse and the fence
1: mm-hmm. that's 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 really really smart actually and so terrifying okay. that I admire it
3: acted, Ryan?
1: Uh, are you kidding? No. IMDb, IMDb, IMDb. Absolutely not. No, no, you're gonna no, nothing on IMDb. <웃음> I wouldn't leave a paper trail of something like that. <웃음> do you rehearse? Do you get? Do you, is that something that's normal? To 아, with 그, your productions, you get to rehearse. 최대한 안 하려고 해요.
2: 그러니까 그 물리적인 거 있잖아. 뭐 예를 들어 복잡한 있거나 뭐 카메라 보고 어떻게 그런. 그 메커니컬한 물리적인 연습을 해야 될때 스테디캠으로 팔로우 한다고 그럴 때만 하고 그러니까 그 혹시 감정이나 무슨 뭐 대사의 뉘앙스 같은 거를 미리 소모하게끔 하는 게 되게 싫기 때문에 또 묘하게 제가 좋아하는 배우들 스타일도 그렇더라고요. 그러니까 리허설을 좋아하는 제가 일한 배우들도 별로 리허설을 그다지 좋아하진 않는 타입들이어서 이상하게 저는 리허설은 최소한의 것만 하려고 하게 되고 뭔가 약간 리허설을 더 해야 되는, 약간 좀덜 준비됐을 것 같을 때한번 그냥 찍어버려요, 첫 테이크를. 거기서 오히려 어떤 되게 재밌는 게또 발생할 수도 있고 서로 간에 이렇게 너무 톱니바퀴처럼 딱 맞춰진 이전 상태에서 뭔가 좋은 게 나올 때도 있더라고요 가끔은.
3: So I try to rehearse as little as possible. I only rehearse uh, when there's complicated um, camera movements and tracking involved. Just the very mechanical aspects of it, like when um, you know you need a steadicam to follow the character. Um, I don't like the actors to consume the emotion and the nuance of the lines beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully, the actors that I like to work with don't really like to rehearse as well. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes when I feel like um, you know we haven't rehearsed. In enough and the gears aren't don't really fit. I just um you know shoot and I I you know um I start shooting and sometimes something interesting comes out when you feel like uh things aren't really completely fit uh fitting yet.
2: <목소리도> <목소리도> 배우들마다 다 저각 저, 저각각 스타일이 다르죠. 어그 임프로 임프로비제이션을 좋아하는 배우들도 있고 그런 것을 별로 하지 않는 배우들도 있고. 그런 모든 배우들을 또 리허설을 좋아하는 배우도 있고, 또 간혹 싫어, 그러니까 리허설을 간혹 싫어하는 배우들도 있고, 아, 그러니까 간혹 좋아하는 배우들도 있는데, 그 모든 배우들이 서로 앙상거를 이르게 맞춰주는 게 이제 감독의 일이니까. 네. 그 어떻게든 같이 굴러가게끔 해줘야 되니까. 네.
3: Uh, you know, but, you know, every actor has their own style. Some like to improvise, some tend not to. And sometimes you have actors who like to rehearse, but it's the director's job to make sure that they all form this one ensemble and roll as one unit.
1: Mm. Uh, so Snowpiercer, next movie you made in 2013. Um, I mean, there's a lot that we could talk about with that movie. You had obviously many uh, practical on-set effects with the train set, uh, working with predominantly English-speaking actors for the first time, and that translation process, that must have been tough, um, was the production, and you were shot in Prague, right? Were you in Czechoslovakia? Czechoslovakia. Yeah. How was that production for you? I mean, it's obviously much... Bigger in scale than even the the host. And how was your experience of the shoot itself?
2: 그 처음 겪어보는 일들이 많았죠. 어, 근데 이제 그 언어 문제는 사실 그렇게 크진 않았고요. 그, 지금도 뭐 옆에 샤론이 있지만 그때도 좋은 트랜스레이터들이 많이 있었고. 그 《Shaking 도쿄》라는 옴니버스 영화 찍은 적이 있었는데 그때는 또 일본에서 영화를 이미 일본 배우들과 찍은 적이 있었고 또 괴물에서는 되게 많은 미국, 호주, 뉴질랜드 스탭들과 같이 일을 했었고요 이미 영어권 스텝들과 그리고 괴물에서도 그 이제 돌아가신 스콧 윌슨이나 또 지금 많이 활약하는 폴 라자 같은 미국 배우들이 일부지만 있었고요 그래서. 외국인 또는 다른 랭귀지 그거는 힘들지 않았는데 처음 겪어보면서 이제 낯설고 힘들었던 게 이제 그 유니언 레귤레이션 같은 거 처음 네. 일단. 음.
3: So there are a lot of things that I experienced for the first time with Snowpiercer. I didn't really um, have any issues with language because I had great translators around. Um, and with Shaking Tokyo, an, an omnibus film, I had worked with Japanese actors. Um, and the host. with the host, I worked with crew members from the US, um, Australia, and New Zealand. So I was quite used to working with um, you know, international crew members and actors. Um, but uh, the first, uh, it was my first time facing union regulations. 그,
2: 그 세그 멤버들하고 이제 그그 레귤레이션 처음 적용해서 일해본 거였고 한국은 좀더 이렇게 지금은 이제 한국도 거의 미국이나 비슷해졌어요. 이제 규정들이 많이 다듬었고 근데 그때만 해도 10년 마더 할 때까지만 해도 이제 그런 게 별로 없었거든요. 그래서 설국열차 때 제가 처음 그런 걸 겪어본 거죠. 뭐 일하는 시간 또 이제 스노우피어스 예를 좀 아역 배우도 나오는데 아역 배우 일할 때그 조건들 이런 것들 그다음에 뭐 길드랑 유니언 레귤레이션을 그때 많이 배웠어요. 그래서 시간을 어떻게 효율적으로 써야 되나 이런 거에 대해서 처음으로 제가 좀더 많이 고민을 했었어야 됐던 현장이었고 그리고 체코에 가서 했던 이유는 그 기차 세트 사이즈 때문에 거기서 하게 된 거예요. 바란도 바란도프라고. 네. 랜도프 스튜디오라는 데 가서 했는데 프라그에 프라하에 있는. <웃음> <웃음>
3: So it was my first time working with you know SAG regulations um, at the time in Korea things were uh, you know more flexible and we didn't really have strict regulations although now our system is pretty similar to the U.S. Um, guild system uh, but it was my first time you know having these restrictions in terms of how long we could shoot um, with child actors as well uh, we had to satisfy all these different requirements um, so it was my first time really. Trying to figure out how to effectively use the time, considering the regulations from the guild and the unions. Um, and we went, we shot in Prague because of the size of the train. We shot um, at Barandov Studios.
2: 한국에도 사운드 스테이지들이 많이 있는데 그 불행 Unfortunately, 그게 좀큰 데가 없어요. 그래서 기차 그 기착한 섹션 네 개를 네 칸을 하나로 이은 세트를 꼭 만들고 싶었거든요 테일 섹션 쪽에. 그러니까 뭐 예를 들어 횃불을 들고 거기 관통해서 뛰는 것도 있고, 또 틸다스윈튼이 나와서 이렇게 스피치를 연설을 하면 그 옆에 옆에 칸이 이렇게 정말 뱀처럼 꾸불꾸불 움직이는 게 보이고 그런 걸 정말 물리적으로 그 프래티컬 이펙트로 보여주고 싶었거든요. 정말 움직이는 기차다. 이게 그냥 그, 그 고정된 세트에서 그냥 카메라만 흔들면서 찍어갖곤 그 느낌이 안 난다. 기차라는 게 반드시 뱀처럼 휘어지고 움직이고 요동치고 해야 되는데 그그 제대로 된 기차 세트를 만들고 싶었어요. 그래서 근데 한국에 그게 없어가지고 이제 독일이랑 미국, 체코 이런 데를 알아봤는데 또 역시나 또 이번에도 우리가 그 리미티드 버짓으로 일하다 보니까 체코의 그 코스트 이펙티브한 체코 바람더프 스튜디오로 가게 된 거죠. 헝가리와 체코를 놓고 고민하다가 이제 체코를 하게 됐었고. 길레르모가 그때 많이 어드바이스 해 줬어요 그두 나라에서 다 찍어 봤었기 때문에 거기 스테이지 사운드 스테이지 상황이나 뭐 크루들 상황에 대해서 예.
3: So uh, we do have uh, several sound stages in Korea, but unfortunately none of them uh, was big enough uh, because I really wanted to have a train set that connected four different cars. Um, Particularly with the tail section, you have this long sequence where they run through uh, the tail section with. Um, holding all those torches and when Tilda is giving her speech you see the cars next to it move like a snake and so there were all these practical effects that I wanted to show to make sure that the train feels like it's a it's a vehicle that's moving you know I realized it wouldn't be enough to just have one car and just have the camera shake um, that train really needs to feel like a snake that's curving and, and rumbling within and so we looked at all these studios um, abroad Broad. and again because we had a limited budget we decided on the most cost-effective one um uh, in the end it came down to one in hungary and one in prague um, and at the time guillermo um, provided a lot of advice because he has shot in both countries and so um he gave a lot of advice in terms of like how the sound stages worked
1: and the crew members um mm-hmm. yeah got it the um I want to skip ahead to the U.S., because I know it did incredibly well in Korea, the U.S. release of it. I know you had, I remember the Free Snowpiercer campaign. You had a war with he who shall not be named. Uh, And I'm not not asking to ask for salacious stories about that process, but more like, because that's something that a lot of people go through, is hitting the end of the line and with the release, having something where they're asked to make edits they don't want to make or you know at that last phase of getting it out there i'm I'm curious coming away from that whole process where you did eventually get your cut of the movie out what are the lessons that you took away from that what are the things when you look back you think i did this right or i wish i had approached it this way or i wish i had come into it and done this differently or whatever you know <laughs> 아니
2: 그 모르겠어요. 그러니까 뭐 감독들도 사실 뭐 많은 오류가 있죠. 감독이라고 해서 꼭 모든 감독이 항상 진리인 것은 아니니까. 또뭐 편집이란 걸 많이 상의해서 할 수도 있다고 봐요. 프로듀서나 스튜디오 측과 잘, 잘 협의하고 상의하시다고 하는데 제가 성격적으로 그게 잘안 안 되는구나라는 걸 깨달았어요. 이게 뭐 누구를 원망하거나 뭐, 그럴 일이 아니라 내, 내 성격상의 문제다. 제가 뭐 강박증으로 치료도 많이 받고 그랬는데, 뭐, 옵세스션이 강하다 보니까, 이렇게 결국은, 뭐, 장면 하나, 사운드 하나도 제가 컨트롤 한 걸로 끝을 맺어야, 되지, 안 그러면 도저히 못 견디는 그런 불행한 체질을 타고났다. 그래서 이제 그게 처음으로 한번 위기를 맞이한 거죠. 스노피어스에서. 근데 이제 결과적으로 그때 그 영화가 이제 결국은 디렉터 스커스로 개봉하면서 그 레디우스 TWC라고 이제 그때 거기 결국은 파라사이트를 같이 하게 된 이제 네온의 탐퀸이 거기 있었는데 탐퀸이 핸들링을 하게 됐죠. 그래서 결국 제 입장에서는 되게 해피엔딩이었고 저랑 그 괴물과 마더를 미국 배급했던 게 탐퀸이었는데. 그 사람으로 자연스럽게 이어지면서 그렇게 마무리하게 된게 행운이었고 그래서 역시 나는 어쩔 수 없다라는 그런 내 성격상 이렇게 뭐 그렇게 할 수가 없다라는 것을 깨달은 다시 한번 깨달은 게그 레슨이자는 레슨이었죠.
3: 십상이랑
2: so 베를러. <laughs> <That long.
3: laughs> You know, I'm not saying that directors are never wrong, you know, it's not as if they're always right. And I do think that directors can consult with producers and studios during the editing process to come up with the final edit, but something that I just realized is just personality wise, um, I can't do it. I'm not, you know, finding Trying to find fault in anyone—it's um, just my personality where I'm very obsessive. I have OCD. Um, I need to control every shot and every piece of sound, um, and I can't handle—I can't stand, um, you know, situations where I'm not able to do that. And sometimes, you know, it's unfortunate that I can't stand that. Um, and with Snowpiercer, I had a difficult time because of that. But you know, in the end, um, you know, Snowpiercer—I got my director's cut and it was distributed through radio. TWC, um, and Tom Quinn, who I who um, distributed the host and mother in the U.S. and ultimately went on to do parasite as well. So for me, it was you know a happy ending. I feel lucky that I was able to end the situation that way. You know, the lesson that I got out of that experience is just uh, once again I realized, considering my personality, I need to have full
1: control. Mm-hmm. That's a good lesson to learn. i'm the same way uh and with okja even though it was your biggest film i'm assuming because you worked with netflix you you went from that experience on snowpiercer to having that kind of control that you're talking about right it seems like it the film feels like it reflects um your soul one of one of the things about Oak, and i'm thinking about it in relation to oakcha but really it goes back to very like the very first shot in your very first movie in uh, barking dogs don't bite the forest and um the first shot in mother the pastor the pastoral field that she's in and Okja, the sense of you know the idyllic forest that they have to get back to um you have in a way that often makes me think of you know miyazaki or you know uh or or uh yeah miyazaki in terms of like the having an acute sense of landscape and of nature uh and i think all of your memory memories of murder starts in a field too you love fields um did you grow up in the country or the or or a city
2: 아홉 살 때구나. 아홉 살때 이제 아버지 직장이 바뀌어갖고 서울로 왔어요. 그 전에는 이제 대구라는 한국에서 세 번째 큰 도시 살았는데, 그 대구의 되게 변두리에 살았어요. 사실상 시골 같은 데였어요. 그래서 아홉 살 때까지 되게 이렇게 그 바로 앞에 큰 산이 보이고 거의 시골 비슷한 환경에서 살다가 서울로 왔죠. 그래서 자연에 대한 그 자연으로부터 이렇게 나 자신이 끌려간, 도시로 끌려간 것 같은 느낌이 있어요. 네 말이 맞아. 옥자에서 그 돼지가 시골에서 서울에 거쳐 뉴욕까지 끌려가듯이 자연으로부터 내가 어디 도시로 끌려갔다라는 그런 묘한 느낌 같은 게 있었죠, 어릴 때부터.
3: Uh, So I moved to Seoul when I was around nine years old because my father changed jobs. But before then, I lived in Daegu, which is the third largest city in Korea. But we kind of lived in the edges um, of the city. So it felt like the countryside. Um, So until I was nine, we lived in a place where you could see the big mountains outside. Um, And so ever since I was little, I kind of had this feeling where I was dragged away from nature to, to the city, you know, similar to... In Okja, how Okja is dragged from the countryside in Korea to New York. I kind of felt that way. Uh, that I kind of felt that, that happened to me too.
2: 더 슬픈 거는 그 아홉 살때 서울로 올때 내가 개를 그 퍼피를 못 데려왔어요. 그 되게 정말 영혼의 단짝 같은 그 흰색 스피츠 개 방울이라고 있었는데 그 서울로 이사 갈때 우리가 아파트로 이사를 갔거든요. 근데 그때 요즘은 안 그래. 요즘은 아파트에서도 다그 개를 키우는데. 그때 79년도 그 당시에 이상하게 아파트 공동주택에는 개를 키우면 안 된다라는 이상한 규정이 있어서 그래서 개를 그냥 대구에 놓고 다른 친척집에 주고 온 거예요. 그러니까 서울로 내가 9살 때 서울로 끌려갈 때 가족들하고 개랑도 강제로 이별을 다니는 거예요. 그래서 그게 되게 트라우마가 컸었거든요. 그런 것들이 많이 옥자에 들어가 있는 것 같기도 해요.
3: And what's even sadder is when I was nine and we moved to Seoul, we couldn't bring our dog with us. And at the time, that dog was kind of like my soulmate. Um, and it was the 70s. And at the time in Korea, you weren't really allowed to have dogs in apartments. Um, and now everyone has dogs in apartments. But it was like that at the time. And so we ended up leaving that dog with um, some of our cousins in Daegu. Um, And so when I was dragged away from nature to the city when I was born... <laughs> oh forced to part ways with my dog and that was really traumatic oh. and that's kind of reflected in Okja.
1: I think it's 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 in all of your work and it is so primal the contrast between nature and concrete. Yeah, yeah. Memories of murder, the contrast between the field that they're all in and the cut to inside the trench with the with the death and the dark Concrete or he barking dogs never bite. Where he's he's in the he's in the horrible meeting room at the end, and the the shades close the forest out, and all he ever wanted to do is go on a walk in the forest. This is something that I think is very deep in your work. I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We have psychoanalyzed you.
2: 자연으로부터 멀어지게 된 경험이 있어요. 사실 뭐 빠르게 빠르게 도시화되고, 있는데,
3: so I do have these personal memories of being isolated from nature, and this isn't this is quite a conventional experience in Korea, I think, because uh, uh, Korea modernized and urbanized very quickly.
2: Mr. Smith Goes to Washington 같은 영화도 있지만 그런 맥락과 달리 어쨌든 그뭐 fish 아우도 그 뭐래 fish 다른 거래? 아그 그러니까 뭐 시골 주인공이 도시 가게 되는 얘기잖아 그런 스토리는 항상 재밌었어요. 이런 영화들을 보면은.
3: So you know there are, there are movies like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, but I always enjoyed films where you have people in the countryside uh, moving away from their homes to the city. So I really, you know, uh, went ham with Okja, uh, having this play from the countryside to Seoul to Manhattan, New York.
1: <laughs> the ultimate concrete place. Um, we're getting towards the end. I have one last thing I wanted to ask about Parasite, which is the very last movie. And I purposefully saved Parasite for the end and did not have any questions about it, because I know you've spent the last, you spent a solid year answering questions about Parasite. (laughs) (laughs) You were on the never-ending press tour from hell. And I know if anyone has any questions about how Parasite was made, you can Google it and in three seconds have 80 different interviews with Director Bong telling you everything you want to know. I'm curious, and I know that you'll probably... uh, I know your instinct will be to be modest and deflect this question, but it's it's a real question that I'm actually very curious about. It's there's, there's lots of advice about how to deal with failure. You have to pull yourself up. You have to not let it get to you if you fail. Um, the bigger thing that hopefully everyone who's listen, listening at some point in their career will also have to deal with is dealing with success, is dealing with having a project that is incredibly well received and that you spend a long time absorbing it being well received in your in your case and you know very well deserved obviously um but then sitting down to work on the next one i guess and and just balancing even something like this where we're sitting and dissecting your process for 90 minutes not letting that with your head um how do you and yeah, I don't know. I always mean, talk about if it's something that you don't think about and, and or if it's something you've had to kind of like deal with, having something you create that then becomes this thing that you almost feel outside of and having to get back to work. Um, I wonder if that's something you've you've had to kind of deal with.
2: 그... 딱요일 1년 전이잖아. 1년 전 요맘 때뭐 라이언이나 뭐 노아 바움백 우리 저기 그, 어, 그 무슨 다이카 와이피티 우리 맨날 같이 비행기 타고 다녔었잖아. 그때 처음 나는 처음 그 오스카 캠페인 소위 말하는 그 레이스, 어, 오스카 레이스를 겪어봤으니까 그때 맨날 같이 돌아다녔잖아. 뭐 그거 맨날, 길드 어워드 하고, 막, 그랬던 것 같아, 지금, 1년 전에. 골든글러브 하고, 길드 어워드 하고, 막. 근데, 네, 힘들기도 하고, 재밌기도 했었지. 그 일들을, 근데 본질은 그런 것 같아. 그, 당신도 마찬가지겠지만, 우리 결국, 라이터 디렉터잖아요. 그래서, 어, 우리의 일은, 사실 우리의 진짜 일은, 그, 파이널 믹싱 끝나고, 이제, DI 다 끝나고, 그, 퍼실리티를 걸어 나올 때 그때 사실상 끝난 거였거든요. 페러사이트도 나중에 뭐 이게 이 영화가 뭐전 세계 박스오피스에서도 그렇고 뭐 오스카에서나 엄청 많은 사건들이 물론 이제 좋은 사건들이 좀 있었지만 사실 나에게 있어서 페러사이트는 2019년 3월 30일 날 끝난 거예요. 그날 나는 파이널 믹싱을 끝나고 나왔어요. 사실은 끝난 이미 과거가 된 건데. 음. Yes, yeah. you know, so
3: I think it was exactly a year ago when you had knives out and you know Noah, Taika, we were on planes all the time and going to all the Guild Awards and the Golden
0: Globes that were
3: (laughs) happening. And it was my first time participating in the Oscar campaign and race. Um, And it was hard, but it was also fun. But I think this is the essence, you know, as writer directors, our job really just ends when we finish the final mix and the DI and when we walk out of that facility. Everything that happens with the box office and Cannes and Oscar, that were things that, you know, kind of happened um, after, after, all, after my job really ended. For me, Parasite ended in March 31st of 2019 when I finished the final mix. And so to me, it was already, um, you know, something of the past. It's just that so many things happened after the film was released.
2: 그래서, 그, 오스카가 끝나고, 이제, 2월 달에, 이제, 한국으로 돌아올 때, 많은 생각이 들었으니까, 그, 어, 한국에 돌아오면 또, 한국에서 나랑 얘기하고 싶어 하는, 많은 기자들과 사람들과 또, 나를 초청하고 싶어 하는 행사들이 많았어요. 그래서, 그것까지 또다 하게 되면, 또, 어나더 1년을 또 그렇게 갖게 될것 같은 공포감이 있어서 그래서 한국의 미디어 매체 쪽 분들한테 너무 죄송했지만 그냥 선언을 해서 나 사실 이제 혼자 조용히 다시 일을 해야 된다 이미 1년의 세월을 그렇게 보냈기 때문에 미안하지만 그렇게 하고 되게 조용히 지냈죠 혼자 있는 시간이 되게 많았고 그냥 일했어요 시나리오 쓴거 그러니까 그래서 근데 가장... 위안이 된건 역시 그 일로서 내 자리를 다시 찾는 게 가장 큰 정신적, 육체적으로 도움이 되고 위안이 되더라고요. 그리고 기생충 이전에 이미 준비했던 프로젝트를 내가 계속 준비한다는 거, 기생충에 의해서 뭐가 상황이 많이 바뀐 게 아니라 기생충 이전에 이미 생각했던 것을 계속 한다는 거, 그게 또 많은 정신적인 안정감을 주더라고요. 지금 내두 개의, 두 개의 프로젝트를 준비하는데 그 중에 하나는 이미 기생충 이전부터 2018년, 17년, 한 3년 전부터 준비를 하던 거거든요.
3: So, you know, on my plane ride back after the Oscars coming back to Korea in February, I had so many thoughts, you know, roaming around in my head. Uh, because when I go back to Korea, there would be so many Korean um, reporters and people waiting for me and all of these Korean events that wanted to invite me. Um, and it kind of made me afraid because I I felt like I would spend another year if I say yes to um all those things, uh, just, you know, talking about the film. So, um, you know, I felt bad, but I kind of declared to the Korean media that I just need to be alone and work. Um, So I, you know, spent a lot of time in silence. I spent a lot of time by myself. And honestly, I just continued to work. I continued to write, and that was comforting. It was comforting to find my place again as someone who works. Um, And because there were projects that I was already working on before Parasite, it was also comforting to know that nothing really changed with those projects because of Parasite, um, you know, um, and it was, you know, mentally comforting to realize that I can just continue working on this uh, this job that I have um, and the two projects that I'm working on right now uh, with one of them, i had been I've been working on it uh, for the past three years. So um, that's still going on.
1: Mm. Well, I'm gonna let you get back to the projects because I want to see them as quickly as possible. So I'll stop asking you questions. This has been such a joy, man, and just getting to see you again. <laughs> and uh, and Sharon, thank you so much. Everyone who's watching, Sharon has the hardest job out of all of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well done. But Director Bong, thank you so much. a script now. <laughs> Is she? Yes. Yes. Time. Uh. Is it a horror movie about a translator who has a horrible puppy killing? Oh boss? yeah, you know that's yeah. Coming. it's coming. Oh my it's god. Yeah, cast me. You have to cast me in it. I wanna <laughs> <laughs> learn how to act. Uh and thanks to the DJA for setting this up, guys. This has been awesome. Thank it's you. So thank cool. you.
2: Yeah, to and thank you. Thanks to you, Ryan. Thanks to your time and uh yeah. 다시, 다시 뭐, I hope we can meet soon to,
3: you know, talk again. It was really fun last year. Getting. to 같이
2: Q&A 그거, LA에서 그 Q&A가 그 oh. So the
3: Q&A that we did in LA is actually going to be in the Korean Blu-ray. So I'll no sure kidding. Send it to you.
1: Give me that sweet Blu-ray action. (laughs) That's awesome. I can't wait to see you guys in person again. All right, guys. Thank you so much.
0: That wraps up this exclusive discussion with Bong Joon-ho. If you'd like to hear more from the Craft of the Director series, check out episode 266, which features director Spike Lee discussing his extensive filmography. And stay tuned in the coming weeks as we bring you discussions of films from Aaron Sorkin, John Lee Hancock, and George C. Wolfe. The Director's Cut is available wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.